0: Hey, welcome everybody to the Unshakable Habits Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Box, and this is the show where we help you take your habits from unsustainable to unshakable. Today, I'm going to be joined by a special guest who is going to talk about how to become a valuable person. And he has a very interesting story because despite having a top 2% IQ, he actually really struggled in school due to poor behavior issues. Went on to university, struggled there, didn't achieve the way that it felt like he should. And it was actually the surprising benefit of being on and five hour car trips that ended up turning his life around. And he's going to share that entire story with you today. So I'm going to introduce you to him here in just a minute. Uh, but before we do that, jump into this. The right habits put you in control of your health, relationships, mindset, and more. But most people lack the tools to stick with those habits long enough to see results. That is about to change. Welcome to the Unshakable Habits Podcast with your host, Habit Change Specialist and Speaker, Stephen Box. Join us each week as experts share their stories, experiences, and insights and give you the tools to build unshakable habits so you can live life on your terms. It's time to take your habits from unsustainable to unshakable. Hey, welcome everybody back to the show. I am joined by my guest today, Jeevan Mathru. So welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you joining me.
1: Thanks very much for having me on, Stephen. It's a a pleasure to be here.
0: So before we jump into your story, tell people just a little bit about yourself. I know you are an author and a coach, but what else do people really need to know about you?
1: So obviously in my my current situation, as you've said, uh, I'm working as a transformational coach. So really helping people to, whether they're in the gutter and they really want to change their life in, in a more positive way, or whether they're someone who is maybe an eight out of ten in terms of performance, and really wants to get that to a ten out of ten. Yeah, both of those things come down to the same, or, or, or they, they can be the same issue there. And it, it's all up here, isn't it? It's all the mentality, it's your behaviour, it's your routines, and as your podcast is called, it's those unshakable habits. If you've got good habits and a good routine, the results should follow. And that's what my job is as a coach. In terms of the book that you've mentioned, yep, that's the same sort of thing, really. So we're not more generic-based. Then Obviously, books are more generic, aren't they, than bespoke to an individual. And obviously, the book has got 25 to 30 chapters that breaks down what it takes to become more successful. So whether that's setting goals, whether it's understanding your own psychology, motivating yourself, the importance of being diligent and working hard, the importance of a good mentality. So it's all of those things really that yeah. that work in line to increase your own stock value. Yeah. If you look at Amazon as an example, as a business, the reason it's so successful is because it's a valuable company. You can go online and order something at a decent price. They can get that product to you in the next 24 hours. That's where that value of the business um, lies. And obviously with yourself, If you were to increase your skill, become a better manager, become more uh, uh, of a a, a, a big a big name in your industry, obviously that then will become will turn into additional income. A lot of people get it the wrong way. Yeah, they chase income without having the skill set. And there's something that Jim Rohn said that sums that up perfectly. If you're someone who's not an above average individual. Looking for an above-average job with above-average prey, then that's what's called frustration. Yeah. So yeah. what we need to do is we need to marry up our skill set with our income. And obviously, if you're unhappy with the income. Work on yourself. Yeah. So trees, as an example, trees don't. So they'll grow to the largest they can. Yeah. When they're planted, they'll grow to the biggest seed that they can possible. Humans don't tend to do that. We smoke, we drink, we have distractions, we have bad habits. And that culminates into poor performance. So you mentioned my story. So that I was I was one who fell really foul of that. As you said, yeah. the top two percent of IQ. But at school, I underachieved. I was predicted to get A stars and A's. And although I did okay and probably better than most, yeah. there's no point in being a nine out of ten if you achieve a five out of ten. You, in some respects, you're better off being a six and achieving a six because at least you fulfilled your potential yeah So it wasn't until I've been to school been expected I was actually written to by Cambridge and Oxford which is obviously similar to Harvard in terms of stature and they were saying well you've got good grades and this was obviously before GCSEs and A levels in terms of that sort of very early on ability. You can see that in those sort of exams, but I didn't want that. I wanted a party life. I wanted to go out and have fun. Yeah, went to university, flunked the first year, and that was going out every night. Literally going out every night from September to January in the first term. Yeah, pulled out of university, swapped universities, and decided to to be a little bit more diligent. But again, the diligent. Behaviour only increased very marginally. I didn't really have the epiphany at that point, but I started to yeah. get back on track in some yeah. respects. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Yeah. So the first few years at university just about got by, just about got the grades required to, to pass, if you like. Yeah. The third year, I thought, actually, I shouldn't be getting these sort of grades. So I sat down and this took me quite a number of hours. I had to work out what grade I needed in the final year to achieve a two-one. Yeah, I, I knew that I'd already messed up my chances to get a first, but I thought, actually, if I can get a two-one, just, that's going to put me in good stead moving forward. So I sat down and I actually, it took me quite a while actually. Because you've got a number of modules that have different weighting, the coursework and the exams have different weighting. So I had to work out how much of a percentage I need in each of my uh, different sort of modules in the third year, yeah. which of the weightings were more important and where I should focus my time to give me maximum results. Yeah. So again, yeah, this was really not when the epiphany had happened, but really trying to just get the grade I needed with minimal work. That That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. So went to university, moved into a professional role following that, Still did some exams, but I was failing in the first time because I worked, wasn't putting any work in. And then finally got you know, a few good jobs. Now, one of the jobs, and this is where you mentioned the five-hour car rides, you know, it was on a decent salary. Let's actually pause there for just a second because I, I want to go back a little
0: bit and talk a little bit about some of what you just covered before we move into that transition yeah. period. So one of the things that you mentioned there, and, and I think this really ties in well with for anyone who listened to the podcast, the first season, we did everything through this lens of the unshakable habits framework, which is all about starting with a vision and then taking that vision to out what skills you need to develop and then taking actions to develop those skills. And for you, you also are hitting on where we've shifted the focus for the second season of the podcast here which is on this idea of deep health and a couple of those areas are about environmental health they're about mental health they're about emotional health and for you you're hitting all those because you're saying hey the people I was hanging around with the things I was doing that was the environmental aspect of it although you had this really high IQ the expectations And where you actually were, they didn't meet. They didn't match up. So you weren't maximizing your potential. And so I want to go back and revisit this because I want people to really realize that this isn't just like run of the mill. Oh, I didn't do that great. This is like really what we're going to get to here in a second is that realization of I'm not maximizing myself. But you just hit on something really quick I want to point out, which is before you got to the big transformation, small transformation started to happen. It was I had this moment where I started realizing that I wasn't living up to my potential, that I could do better, but you weren't fully motivated yet. So you wanted to do better, but you took the lazy way out, right? Like, yeah. like I'm going to do this the super simple way. I'm going to do just enough to raise my standards. And that was like where you started. And I think so often we think we have to start at the very best. We have to figure out the best way to do everything. We need to come up with a perfect plan. We need to lay everything out. And, and it has to be absolutely spectacular. But over and over again, when I interview people, what I find out is those first steps are always imperfect every single time. And you just highlighted that exact thing with that. I just want to kind of go back and revisit that.
1: Yeah. The, the, The saying goes that the climbing of a mountain, whether it's Mount Everest or something a lot smaller, starts with a single step. So the first thing that you need to do is to actually take that step in the right direction. You know, as you said, for me... It wasn't necessarily a case of i made the big jump, but I was making those small inroads that allowed for me to improve moving forward. And I feel that everyone should be the same. We should all look to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. As I said, with the trees, they will grow as large as possible. As with many other animals, they'll be the best hunter they can be. You should be no different. And it's really important that, To make the world a better place, you should become a better person first. You know, if you were a better person, you would maybe have a better family, be able to look after your kids better, build a better community around you. So it all starts with yourself and whether they're 1% a day as, as, as the saying generally goes, or it's something even less, it's really important to, to have that vision and the mentality that you want to achieve the best that you can possibly achieve. There's no point in underachieving. Self-sabotage is rife, and I was really part of that as well during my younger years. I've realized now that you don't need to self-sabotage. You should actually be using routines and habits that will improve you, and not those that will put you at detriment. Uh, does that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, no, it absolutely makes a lot of sense. and. The question that kind of came up for me there as you were talking was, I'm curious, because I, I don't want you to speak for anybody else here and speculate to what might hold them back. But in reflecting back, what do you feel it was that was holding you back? What prevented you from maximizing? Your-
1: as I said there, it was self-sabotage was massive. I, I was self-sabotaging. And, and was that based on fear of success, fear of failure? I don't know it at that point because it's very difficult to go back and and understand how you were feeling at that point. Yeah. Because you're looking at it from a very different perspective now. I think this again this one of the sayings is that the man who walked into a river and walked back out, n- neither the river or the man is the same again. Because the river's changed because it's obviously the ripples falls and, and the rivers, you know, had some of the, the man's sweat, let's say, gone into the river. And the man that's come out of the river has obviously changed as well. Yeah. So it's a case of that all of the bits that I'd gone through in life had made me a different person. Looking back, I'm looking back with those thoughts in mind. Was it the fear of failure or success that's done that? Was it the self-sabotage? What exactly was it? Yeah. And and for me, I just maybe felt that it was just ability only that would get you through. It's like, well, if I'm smarter than Mr. Smith, Surely that should transpire into a better life. And what I came to realise is that is not the case. It's absolutely not the case. If anyone watches soccer, as an example, obviously you guys call it soccer, we call it football here in the UK. Cristiano Ronaldo is not the most technical, or technically the best football player, but he works really hard, which puts him on par with Messi for example. you look at Ronaldinho, he had more ability than maybe both of them, but he liked to go out for a drink and, and take drugs and stuff. If he'd have had the same work great as, as as Ronaldo and had the mentality and the vision, and we'll come on to vision as, as we probably progress, he would have been a greater player. Yeah, But someone like Ronaldo, he tells himself through affirmations, I'm the best, I'm the greatest. I'm going to be the top goal scorer in... Champions League or the league or whatever, and people are thinking, well, I could say that all day long, but the the, the reason why it's important is that your behaviours will fall in line generally with what you say about yourself. People say, oh, I, I love a drink. I do. I love going out on the weekend and and and, and getting pissed. Their behaviour will then fall in line with that. If you tell yourself, I'm diligent, I'm a business fan you will tend to behave in more of a business-like way. And what that comes down to is what's called positive-based goals versus negative-based goals. If I say to you, Steve, look, don't think of elephants. Right. Your mind automatically thinks of elephants because it's a negative statement. So don't do this, don't do that. So instead, and this is where people set goals incorrectly, they say things such as, I don't want to be fat I don't want to be single etc cetera, etc cetera. and their life actually becomes more like that so instead why not let, or why not say something along the lines of I want a relationship versus I want to I don't want to be single they mean the same thing but to your subconscious mind they don't mean the same thing your actions behind that will be very, very different you know if you say I want to be a professional boxer you will end up going to the gym a lot more. You'll go to the boxing gym. You'll keep yourself in, in good health. And one of the things I did to, to stop doing those health detrimenting activity, smoking, your drinking, was to say, I'm an athlete. Athletes don't smoke. That one really resonated with me to help me change that behavior. Instead of saying, I don't want to smoke anymore. Yeah. The, the subject is smoking. So your mind continues to, or drinking for that matter, your mind continues to think of that. Whereas now I think of athletic performance, which then steers me away from those behaviours anyway. So it's a, it's a very slight change, but I've, I I really noticed the difference in, in 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 my life. And as we said, there has been such an improvement in, in in my life and my achievements. At the moment, I'm number twenty two in the UK. An under seventy three player in judo, nice. Yeah, and that's a lot of that's come down to mentality. Yeah, You can see me. I feel myself as being the the best, whether you know I'm technically or not. You then work harder and, and you have that inner drive, and it all comes down to that. You, know, you have to visualize something in the mind first. I actually visualize and write down my goals. Yeah, that was one of the goals that I wanted to, to get was being the top twenty five in the UK. And that's now become apparent. Without having that goal, the chance of you achieving that is very, very different. It's much more unlikely. So what we have to do is set goals that are specific. We all know the smart sort of anagram that goes with goals, you know, a specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time bound, and all of those, but specific is, is the main one. Yeah, to be specific about what you're after will determine, again, the routines and and uncheckable habits that that you've built into your life. Yeah. And then beyond that, the activities will determine results. Take my book, for example. If I was to say, look, you can write a book in a year, most people will will, will see that as quite an overwhelming task. Mm. But let's break that down. Let's say the book is 350 pages, which is not too shabby, really, for a book. Yep. Yeah. All you have to do is write one page a day. That's it. But yep. so if you break down those goals into smaller goals, the chance of achievement is much, much greater. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think where a lot of people do get into some trouble here is exactly what you were just talking about. And I, I like the that change that you talked about there. Really good example I've heard in uh the book Atomic Habits, which is very much in line with what you were saying about the smoking thing, is he goes there's a difference between if you're trying to stop smoking and someone offers you a cigarette and you say, No thanks, I don't smoke, versus you saying, I'm trying to quit. Yeah. Because if you're trying to quit, that means you still consider yourself a smoker.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And it's that small change in language. It doesn't seem like much, but it really can like start to shift because it changes your behavior and it makes you start to look at things like you use this example of being single versus being in a relationship. If I say I want to be in a relationship, now I have to start asking the other questions. What kind of relationship do I want to be in? What does that relationship look like? What are the behaviors that I'm expecting of myself and my partner, right? Oh, wait, that sounds a whole lot like what we just got through talking about about visions and skills and taking actions, right? Versus not wanting to be single. That doesn't sound very picky. That sounds like the first person that comes along that says, I'll take you that you're like sold. I'm in. So, yeah, you might end up in the same place either way, but your chances of getting what you really want and being happy with it are much higher when you take that positive approach
1: is it because you've got more much more specificity in, yeah. in what you have to do and to be honest you're really talking my language there with the questions upon questions because it's all about the questions we ask. That's where everything lies. You know, how can I be better? When do I want to get this by? How can I do this? What do I need to, to do this? How can I improve this part of my life, etc etc, etc. So it's really important to have subsequent questions. And I'll tell you who's very good at this is kids. Yeah. They ask questions all day What's this? What's that? How do we do this? When are we going to be there? What? When are we going to be there? When are we going to be there? But they're so inquisitive and they've not been deprogrammed to be, be or, or to feel that asking questions makes you thick. Yeah. That's a, you know, whether it's school, whether it's the TV, we've been programmed to, to make us think that asking questions is bad. Asking questions is really important. And, and yeah, you, you mentioned the single versus relationship thing there. And again, you were very specific. You know, what do you want for a partner? What do you, do you want from yourself? As with anything, the, the house that you're living in at the moment, it was first designed in the mind of an architect. It was then drawn out. It was built, decorated, and here you are. As with any idea, whether it's an idea of the ideal partner, whether it's an idea for a business, whether it's an idea for I well, said to be a professional sportsman, you have to have that idea first, and then reverse engineer how to get there. Now, the skeptics out there that are saying, "Well, actually, it's not just as simple as that," as that, and it's absolutely true. It's not as, as simple as that, because there's no point in me saying I want to be a professional sprinter. Because I don't have the attributes for that, yeah, I'm not six foot I mean if you look at the majority of the sprinters, yeah, they were fast at a young age, so we have to have a marriage between our skill set, what we're passionate about and and something that interlinks with those two, yeah, because at the end of the day, look there's a lot of people out there who say, well, I want to be this person, let's say they want to be a a stockbroker, let's say, yeah, and let's let's for argument's sake say that this a uh, certain stockbroker has to have some maths knowledge. Yeah, not every stockbroker does, but let's say this this person does. If yeah. you fail your basic maths at college or wherever, what are the, what are the likelihood that you will be a, a, a good stockbroker? Probably not. But you've got other skill sets, right? You might be really good at speaking. You might be very good athletically. So what we need to do is have some deep introspection and say, well, actually, what am I good at? What sort of personalities do I have? Yeah. What's going to give me the best chance to be successful? We yeah. we tend to compare it a lot with each other. Oh, well, this guy has a banker making $200,000 a year. Right. So you've, you have this really good skill. Let's say you're an artist of some kind. Yes, you might not make 200000 pounds now, but if you continue to work, you might build a business, which might give you £500,000 a year in six years' time. And it's something you actually love to do. This guy, the banker, he's probably soul-destroyed every year because he doesn't love his job. So there's so much that we could talk about in terms of the goal setting, getting the right career, something that gets you out of bed and excites you, because that's going to give you the best chance of, as we've said, sticking to those habits. And you know, if you're getting up every day and you're resenting your day, it might not be the, the right habits and look. You don't have to be comfortable all the time, but you have to have something that has got an end motivation for you. And that is a lot of the time the battle.
0: Yeah, I mean, talked about that idea of environmental health. And I think sometimes when we think of our environment, we think just our surroundings, right? But it's not just our physical surroundings. It's our relationships, the people that are around us. It's also the space in our own head. That environment is also very important. And so like you were just pointing out, if your environment is toxic, if people around you bring you down, if the thoughts in your head bring you down, if the physical places that you go to don't make you happy, you're going to have a harder time
1: being successful in
0: anything because you're so miserable in that area.
1: Yeah, I mean, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you don't like what the average of that looks like, either find a new circle or spend more time alone. Because at least if you're alone, you can be the average of yourself. And if you're putting in the right habits and, and doing the right deep work, as you've said, then you will increase your own stock price. It's a case of trying to get everything aligned, isn't it? Your motivation, are you using the correct language with yourself? Are you organized? Are you you affirming what you want? Are you you writing down your goals on a daily basis? On the flip side, it's not about what you want all the time. It's being great for what you have. So everyone's jealous of something that you have, and everyone who's listening is no different. You might think, well, why is anyone jealous of me? Let's just use a few examples. You're living in the UK or America. Someone who's living in some of the war torn countries would love to be living in, in those countries. You might have a house someone else is renting or they live on the streets. You've got a car that you probably don't like. It might be some, you know, a bit of an old banger, but you've at least got transportation. You've got a roof over your head. You've got a job. You might not like it, but you've got a job. You've got a pet that someone really wants. Yeah. Or yeah. wants something similar. Coming off hundreds and hundreds of these, but we have to be grateful for what we've got first because that puts us in a you mentioned environmental there. It puts us in a really good state. If we're grateful for what we've got, we are more likely to achieve more. Yeah, it doesn't mean to be grateful and 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 not push forward, but it means to actually sit back and say, look, look where I was five years ago. I do that sometimes. I think well. Yeah, I could be doing better than I am now. I mean, you always could. One of those. But if I think back five years, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. Five years ago, you know, live at home or, or whatever, or wanted to actually physically own your own place and start your own business, etc. Cetera, et cetera, you would know, have a book. And that's all coming into fruition now. So, you, know, you have to be grateful for where things are. I mean, it would have been a time. So even before you actually started your podcast, you had the goal of the podcast and you could see it in your mind as as how you wanted things to go. And now it's here. It's a case of you want to continue to grow the podcast and you ask those questions, well, how can I improve? How can I grow the podcast? What sort of guests do I need on? But also you should be grateful because you're doing a fantastic job with what you've built.
0: Yeah, and I think you you bring up the podcast as an example, and, and I think this is really a good way to kind of straight what you were just talking about there. You know, even if I look back at my very first episode, right—the time that I started the show, my mom had came to actually live with us. She had had open heart surgery, and she ended up having to come stay with us. What was supposed to be a couple of weeks, according to the doctor. Ended up being five months. I was finishing two major certifications at the same time, so I've got all this stuff going on. I could have very easily said, "You know what? I just can't handle doing this podcast right now and never started it." But I had committed to it. I had people booked, and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna push through." I can look back and I can see in some of those videos I was so tired, like (laughs) like I just I looked horrible. Like I just looked like I was tired. They weren't my best job, but what I can do is instead of dwelling on that and be like, ah, I messed up, I messed up, I messed up, I can go, man, look at where I am now compared to those first videos. I growth is tremendous. And there's that sweet spot, right? If we focus on all the mistakes we've made in the past, then we don't appreciate where we are. And if we constantly look just at like, how do I get better? What's the future? What if I had not done yet, then we're in the opposite situation, right? We never appreciate it. And you need that appreciation to grow. It, it really does, because that's what keeps you motivated.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, and a, a phrase is that living in the past is depression. Living in the future is anxiety. Anxiety, rather. So we need to live in the present as much as possible. But yes, right. you know, we are planning for the future. Yeah, I mean, you said there as well is very telling. You know, you can't look back at the past and say, oh, I really messed up. I messed up. Look at it in the inverse. It's all about how you're viewing things. Look at the positive saying, I've learned from that. I've learned that that was the incorrect way to do things. You know, as I said earlier, with, with our situation where when you're looking back, you're looking at it from a different perspective because you are now a different person. You know, even after this conversation, we're both different people. Right. Yep. yep. So you're continuing to grow. Your perspective's changing. Every day, every minute of every day, something you read changes your perspective. Something you listen to changes your perspective. Something you experience changes your perspective. But you're going in with the mentality of, look, whatever happens, I'm taking something positive from this. That, yeah, that is actually how you need to look at everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, even when you look back at things that you did wrong or like mistakes that you've made, there's learning opportunities within those. There's things that came out of those that you can look at and go, oh, you know what? Although like 99% of this might've been bad, there was that 1% glimmer in there. And that's really where your strengths are. And that kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier about finding your individual strength and building upon it. Right. If You're a marathon runner, Don't try to be a sprinter, right? If you're a sprinter, don't try to go run marathons
1: because that's not what you're built for. Go to your strength. Yeah. I mean, States are great, I think, to come out of our comfort zone a lot more and, and seek out failure. I'm not sure whether or not this is still the case, but in Florida, there was a time where, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it might still be the case, is they are more willing to lend to business owners who have been bankrupt before than new business owners. And you might be thinking, well, that's that's a bit crazy. But actually, there's some logic behind that, isn't there? Well, I don't because actually, the, the guy who's, gone bankrupt has learned a lot from that experience and he may be able to manage the business better next time whereas someone who hasn't managed a business before has still maybe got to go through that learning process and yes you can say he might have a great business first time fine but i use that example because sometimes someone who's been through those adversities is in a better place to succeed next time than someone who hasn't gone through any adversity at all. I mean, a boxer, yeah. the great boxer of the world. How many times do you think he's been punched in the face? A lot. Yeah. yeah. Versus someone who's never been punched in the face, is probably not even a professional boxer. They've probably never had a scrap. You know, with all positives comes a whole list of negative things. Why yeah. want to earn five hundred thousand times a year? Okay, do you want to have? days when you've worked 16, 17 hour days, not seeing the kids, been traveling all around the country. If you're not willing to embrace that, you probably don't deserve to have that level of income or that job role. Yeah. yeah. So you're not always signing up for the good. You're signing up for the bad. Yep. And if you want to be a professional boxer, let's use the same example, you're signing up for the fact that you're going to get hit in the face thousands of times. You're going to have to get up at 4am and go for a 20 mile run. And you're burning and you're dying, you've got to go another round. Yep. You know, so, you know, you have to. Life's a, you know, these struggles are to help us become better. That's that's what they're for. And, you know, again, you've, you you've mentioned my, my situation, my story. That might have happened for a reason, to put me in the position I'm in now, mentality-wise. You know, you also have to take the positive from every situation uh, and continue to move forward from there. Yeah, um, just use
0: analogy since you brought up this topic and you brought up boxing. And I think a great quote is Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. And that's really what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, you know what? Your plans sound good. And that's why I really tell people, like, don't try to get this perfect plan together. Because the reality is, no matter how perfect your plan is, no matter how much research you do, no matter how much time you spend, planning and prepping and preparing at the end of the day, when you go out into the real world and you try to take your plan out there, something's going to happen. And it's going to be like getting hit in the mouth. Yeah. And it's not about getting hit in the mouth. It's about how do you respond to it? What do you learn from it? Do you take it in? Do you grow or do you stay on the mat?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times where as you've, as you've rightly said, you know, you hit getting in the face is not good. And it actually gives you a detour. Yep. But, Let's say that someone's got a five year plan. Yeah. So they're saying, well, in five years time, I want to achieve this and this. And in an ideal situation, it will just be very smooth sailing, you know, you uh, week one, week two, week three, a lot of the time it doesn't happen. That's where the meanders come in the river. Yeah. But it's a case of during that time where the meanders occur, that's where the skill is really being developed. Through the biggest times of adversity is where you develop the biggest strength. Yeah. And really,
0: the thing I think a lot of people might miss, and tell me if you agree with this, please, is when we are in the middle of those struggles, it's not just about the lessons that we learn, per se, is really, to me, the value that comes out of it is that you learn not just what worked and what didn't work, but you learn what's important to you and what's not important to you. And to me, that's really the, the bigger key even more so than learning what did and didn't work. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. As with any experience, you realize the good things and the bad things. you get sacked from a job or they get made redundant. And they're upset. Oh, you know, the income and stuff. But it's a good time to reflect. As you said, there was things that you liked about the job and things that you didn't like about the job. Things that you liked about your partner and things that you didn't like about your partner now that you've split up. So again, we're looking at it from a positive based approach and saying, this gives me an opportunity to look at the overall picture after events have occurred, look at which direction I want to head next. It's like, you know, you mentioned, you know, picking which bits are good and which bits aren't, if you look at life as being a a series of gates and roads, if you like this direction, you're going to continue to go in this direction, but along the way, there's going to be doors. You're going to go down this road and say, "Actually, no, that wasn't for me." Let's go back on the main road. You might go off a, a smaller side road. Oh, this is, this is I, I quite I quite like this. So, the more experiences you have, will shape you as a person a lot more. I know this: when we've gone on holiday and come back, we generally have a very Fresh understanding of what we're after in life, yeah. Then we've had the same routine for two, three months, yeah. Because you, you get to reflect, and you're looking at things from such a different perspective that it gives you time to, as you've said, look what's good and what isn't good in your life, and what you're looking for. I strongly suggest to everyone to have journals and and to write things down. Ask yourself the questions. I say, well, I'm not successful. Well, what does success mean to you? Is it being a stay-at-home mom or is it starting your own business in a certain industry that's earning a certain level of income and that you actually like going to work? You know, it talks about income, but do you like going to that, that job? Do you Are you working a well-paid job, but you want to come out of that and have something that you enjoy more, even though it pays you less, so that you've got more to work, life balance, and you actually like getting up in the morning without the dread of, Monday morning. Monday morning is the prime time for heart attacks.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, we're both coaches. Yeah. And I I know anyone else out there that does coaching will be able to relate to this. Most of us left a job in which we were putting in a fair number of hours, started a business in which we put in even more hours than we were putting in working for somebody else making, in the beginning, a fraction of the money that we were making at our jobs and instantaneously became a 100 times happier.
1: Yeah, 100%. You're in control of your own destiny. And if you were to ask people, you know, £100,000 working 40 hours a week for something you don't like or earning 50000 in something that you love, Know what the answer would be, but it's probably going to be in the ninety-five percent plus. Yeah. So as you said, could be too scared to take the jump as well, guys. You know, burn the bridges and, and, and go for something. Because you've got to be bold in life. And at the end of the day, you can always go back to the life that you had previously. You can always go back to that nine to five job. But it's at the same business or a competitor of some sort. In a, in a similar guide, you could go back to that job. Yeah. So the risk, be bold, because look, that's where the risk and return ratio comes from. And look, you know, even if you don't get that return initially, the long-term return is always there. The long-term return is always there. You develop this person, you've got some more skill sets. you become more resilient or disciplined or organized or, or there's something that's happened by taking that step that improves you. Obviously, the original story of burn the boats or burn the bridges was that, obviously, sailed to the island, didn't they? And the the commander told them to burn the boats because they wanted to take the island. And if they didn't burn the boats, obviously, the moral of the story is that it gave them no way to retreat. Yeah. So they have to go 100% and make sure something happens. Um, And as you said, you know left my job and, and started the coaching and, and, and I'm obviously a business in, in, in retirement planning, which is obviously the industry I was in prior and I'm obviously running both, obviously writing a book, but you have to have things going on. It's not the first idea that you've got to you know, work. You've got to have a few things that you're working on and there's so much time in the day you've got to have hobbies. To do, as I said, judo. I go hiking and, and I've got mountains that I want to climb. And that's on the agenda. Yeah. So you should always have areas of your life that you're looking to develop. You know, even your hobbies. You shouldn't be just there thinking, oh, it's just the fun. You should always have goals in everything you do. Yes, there is a small proportion of your life that's literally just watch TV and and, and just zone out and, and and recalibrate. But for everything else there should always be a positive trajectory. Otherwise, what's what's the point?
0: Yeah. Before we we get any further into that, because I think we're at a good transition point here too, uh, people might be out there thinking like, wait a minute, I want to know what the heck happened to the rest of the story here, right? Like, having all these five-hour drives. uh, But we're talking about, you know, conditions and and having those moments of realization and everything. So I think it's a good time to kind of back to that right now. So kind of, as to where you were in your life making these drives and what happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I said, I had a um, a decent job. You know, People pay, pay for going out to, to meet clients and stuff, but I was putting in a lot of hours. And actually, if we look at how many hours I was putting in for how much I was getting over 10 years' time, it just didn't seem right for me. So during the, the this time, at this job said I was traveling all over the country, going to these client meetings. So it was times where I was in the car for five hours a day and in meetings for maybe four hours, four and a half hours as well. So obviously, as you do, you normally listen to music and and, and the radio and stuff. And I started to think, well, actually, this is such a waste of time. If it's 25 hours or 100 hours a month, basically, yeah, that transpires to a lot of hours over the year. So I thought, well, how can I best use this time? So again, this is where the questioning started to really take place. It's going to give me the best chance of being good at this job because obviously it was bonus and stuff. So how can I be better at sales? So go onto YouTube, podcast, or whatever it is, and try and understand how I can be better at closing sales or getting appointments or whatever it is. So that's where it really started. So Brian Tracy, a few videos, uh, that Brian Tracy have on, has on sales. But as you all know with YouTube and any of these sort of sites, really, they give you linked videos and linked information. So Brian Tracy has other personal development videos as well. So start listening to those, uh, Nightingale, um, obviously Think and Grow Rich is the book. Etc., so all of these guys really, Jim Rohn, obviously, massive one for me. Jim Rohn Robbins, all of these sort of help, so self help guys, and, and guys that you know, philosophical guys as well, that really help you to understand the and, and the reality of the world. Really, yeah, that's really where the journey started. So I started listening to these for sort of five hours a day, really helped my performance at work as well. And I just had this new lease for life, really. Since then, I've really been been focused on being the best I can be. But whether it's within that sort of endeavour or whether it's with obviously my hobbies and interests, I read quite a lot now as well. I feel that the more information that you can take in, as we talked about earlier with the perspective, it gives you a much better perspective on life. If you ask a child's perspective, not that they can't give great advice because they absolutely can, versus someone who's had 50 years on this earth, they see things a little bit differently. So why not learn from someone who's already been through what you're going through? I mean, books on, as we said, sales. There's books on how to start a business, how to start a podcast, how to improve your life, yeah? how to be disciplined, motivated, all of those things. So if those bits of information are out there, the question you have to ask yourself, is why aren't you listening or reading those? Is it because you don't want success? Have you got fear of success? Yeah. These are the questions that you need to ask and really that those five hour sort of car journeys really helped me to become the person I am today and gave me the drive to be bold in life, start my own businesses and really try and develop as a person. So you just said something there that I kind of want
0: to revisit here, which was you talked about this idea that, yes, there's all this information out there. Right. And I think some people might even be in the opposite position, right, where they listen to all the books. They read all the websites. They look at stuff all the time. They are information overload. What they don't do is they don't take any action. Can you share maybe a little bit about how did you go from just taking this information in to making it actionable?
1: So I think with the information thing, if we just go back a step, so information thing was primarily based on time management. So I was wasting time in the car listening to the same songs that I've been listening to for 20 years or whatever. And i was thinking, well, look at this time, look at this, what this time is worth. So now when I'm driving around or doing the dishes or anything mundane, really, where you don't need total focus yeah. so that's when it gives you a time to kill two birds with one stone. So that's when I have that information overload. And sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes there's a lot of answers within yourself and that's obviously our job as a coach is to draw those out. So maybe I'll sit there in the car and say, okay, well, what went well today and what didn't go well. How can I improve this part of my life? Etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I tend to try and do that at night time so that while I'm sleeping, some of those answers can try and come to the forefront. In terms of action, to your question, you just got to do it. There's no procrastination involved. If you want to do something, you have to start with a single step. Here's something I heard that really is is quite good. So if you're driving at night time, obviously in America there's long straight roads, isn't there? It's a big place, right? You're driving from I don't know, Washington to New York or, or something. Right. Yeah, Right. You can't see the destination. It's a long way away. Yeah, but you just trust. The next 20, 30 feet, all that your headlights can see. That's all you need to focus on. That next 20, 30 feet is what you can see. And you have faith that you are going to get to the destination because you've got signs, you've got your sat nav. You don't need to think that far in advance. That's how I them to look at life now. I want Whatever I want in five years' time, whether it's X number of books, whether it's X number of coaching clients, whether it's, my financial advisory side, that business to be at a certain level. Yes, it's good to have those ambitions, but all I focus on is the next 30 feet, the next 30 feet. Because if I focus on something too far in the distance, that's when you have accidents. Yeah. If you're trying to look where Washington is when you're driving from New York, you could hit that deer in the road. Yeah. So we need to just make sure that we motivate ourselves to get going because once you get going it's actually easier to stay going. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. You know, just start. Even if you don't want to, and we all know this from going to the gym or exercising, you don't feel like going, but once you've gone, you feel great. Yeah. So if you're waiting for a time that you feel like doing it, you're never going to get around to it. Yeah. So we've just got, you, you know, David Goggins is someone to listen to. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he's got some real good gems in terms of how to look at things. As you said, it's all about mentality. It's all a bit. That's, that's the only difference between those elite people and those that aren't elite. Yeah, it's just one of those things, really.
0: Yeah, so just to kind of put a nice bow on that, and, and all I'm really doing here is just repeating the things that you've already told us talked about a small step, right? It's don't try to do everything at once. It's take the small step, embrace the fact that mistakes are going to happen, that failure is going to happen. What can you learn from that? What, what works? What doesn't work? What do you like? What do you not like? What fits your skill sets? Then really start to look, okay, maybe there's a skill that you have, but it could be developed. So maybe you're okay with it now, but you need to be better with it. Now you can actually take steps to build that skill up. But then you're looking at like my abilities, right? So we talked about the idea of don't try to go out and be a sprinter if you're a marathon runner, right? So it's really finding your unique abilities and then building those skills up. But it all starts with taking that small step because motivation doesn't precede action. Motivation happens as a result of action. Yeah. Did, did I miss anything there? What, what do you want to add to
1: that? Yeah. I mean, it really depends, though. I think sometimes you can motivate yourself prior to acting because if you're, whatever the reason is, you know, let's say you want to start a business and whether it's for monetary reasons or just because you love the, the business or whatever it's going to be, there is a subconscious motivation as to why you want that. Might Maybe you want your, f- your red Ferrari. Maybe you feel that. You want to be wealthy so you can get the best looking spouse possible. Maybe you want to start that business, earn that income to give you the flexibility to travel internationally and be financially and in, in location independent. So there is a motivation deep down, and only you know what your real one is. Just be totally honest with yourself. That's for me, there is always a, a motivation, whether it's for the kids, you know. I- And that's a real big one that I see is that I want to do this for the kids. I want to send them to college. I want to send them to university. I want to leave them, you know, money so they can buy a house and all those sorts of things. So that's a a, a driving motivation prior to acting because then obviously the the, the dad sets up the business and, and works hard for that reason. Yeah. Other people have got some more selfish reasons, as I've said. They want to get a red Ferrari. Fine, but at least that makes you start to to act, as opposed to procrastination. Procrastination is just a waste of time, really a waste of time. So you know you've got you've got to act. And this is again a, a very old story. I might be sort of sidising it to to an extent, but there was a big decision to be made. Obviously, the, all the council was here and asking, "Well, should we, go, should, we, should we do this or should we do this?" And the general just said, yeah, just go to do that one. And one of the kids went up to him and asked him, how did you know it's the right thing to do? He goes, I don't, but it's the quickest way to find out whether or not it is the right way to go or not. Because if it's, let's just say that you're going down path A or path B, or you could stand at the start and say, oh, A or B, A or B, A or B. Oh, tell me a bit more about A. Tell me a bit more about B. The fastest way you're going to find out is to start going down path A, realise it's the wrong way, turn back around and go around path B. People don't want to do that because they are they have fear of failure. Maybe they have imposter syndrome as well, where they're saying, well, actually, I'm not in a position to make this decision because I'm not intelligent or knowledgeable enough. Let someone else make that decision. That's imposter syndrome. Yeah, for B, sometimes... You've just got to act and understand that failure and, and wrong decisions are part of the process, which then allows you to make better decisions further on down the line.
0: Yeah, and, and if someone is suffering from imposter syndrome, watch her episode from last week. Because we actually just did an episode oh, on in imposter syndrome.
1: This is a Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, imposter syndrome is a massive one. Everyone yeah. has it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you'll have it. i have it. Sometimes you think, oh, you know, not even that great. But then you have to sit down and think, look what I've done. I've helped this this client. I've helped this guy get retired. Books. I've done this. I'm number twenty two in in judo. I've won, you know, two fights of the weekend. And you think, yeah, I'm not an imposter. It's just a natural thing. Everyone, yeah. every single person has it. It's just yeah. how strong your imposter syndrome is. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing I wanted to touch on real quick was,
0: so this idea with motivation, right? I find it interesting because you were kind of talking about motivation as what I think some people call like their why or inspiration. Uh, I, I found that kind of interesting just that we kind of have different definitions of motivation, which is, is kind of interesting in and of itself. One thing I, I do want to kind of just out people is, yes, you will have underlying reasons, right? Why are you doing something? you don't have some reason for doing it yeah just to kind of clarify, like what what i say when i say that the action comes before the motivation a lot of times is that desire to do it right that that in the moment desire to get up and take the action if you're waiting to be inspired to yeah. do that you're probably going to be waiting a long time like yeah every now and then you might get lucky and get in the mood to do something but it usually doesn't work that way. Usually it's the action that leads to the motivation. Like you gave the example with the exerciser, right? And I feel like exercising, but once you go, you're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. So like you just tell yourself, I'm going to go work out for five minutes, five minutes in, you're like, I might as well just keep going because I'm starting to feel."
1: Yeah. Inspiration is desperation that leads to action. Yep. And fortunately, actually, for, for for most of us, we're in a position where we, we're we not in the desperation state where we're living on the street, where, you know, we've got to, to, to feed the family. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But we're not in that desperation state. So the other state is inspiration. And sometimes it's hard to be really inspired that's going to drive you. would really you say, oh, I'm quite comfortable. I've got a job and I've got, I can go out on the weekend with my mates and that sort of stuff. So in, inspiration, although when it's done well, is stronger than desperation. But for the most part, desperation is the quickest driver to people acting because they have to, you know, they otherwise they are sink or swim, isn't it? Sort of. I think with, with motivation in the moment, it's about that discipline, because I think that's what you're referring to is saying, yeah. well, how do I motivate myself to keep going? That's just discipline. Reprogramming your subconscious to say, I'm someone who keeps going when things get bad. Not someone who turned away. It's all about those affirmations. So there's three things I do every day. Writing down. Yep. Other than my daily to-do list, which is obviously evident. Yeah. I write down what I'm grateful for. I write down my goals. And I write down affirmations. So yep. those three things in the morning put me in a really good positive mindset for the day. And it helped oh, was me. He? So, I was gonna, sorry. Sorry. I was going to say, let's be specific here. So when
0: you say goals, uh, on your goals for that day, are you right now long-term
1: goals? What looking towards for the next 12, 24 months so that my daily habits reflect that? So at the moment, it's to write a new book by the end of the year. So that allows me to do a bit of work every day on that book. To, To be in the top 10 in the judo rankings by the end of the year, which... Makes me train every well, most days. It makes me look and enter events. The coaching side to have a certain number of clients by the end of the year, the wealth management side to have a certain level of recurring income by the end of the year. And so, we've got at the moment a few other ones as well, in terms of the king stuff, as I mentioned, and the, the less. Professional stuff, but they're all goals that I'm working towards in the future that allow me to dictate my daily habits. If that makes yeah. sense, I'm lear- I'm trying to learn a bit of Russian language as well. Uh, friend lives in those sort of countries, so when I go out there, it's good to know a little bit of basic Russian. Dictates the the actions, so you can do your daily goals. But daily goals are more like the to do list. So I have the goals, as I said, for 12, 24 months. And then my daily to-do list is in line with those goals. Okay, Write a page of the book. Line with the goal of writing the book by the end of the year? You know, my client meeting, okay, that's in line with the, the, the coaching or the retirement planning businesses. Yeah. So I think it's good to have those targets to aim at. You're kind of use
0: those goals as, as like a reminder, as a check-in to say like, actions I'm taking today, moving me toward those things. Perfect explanation. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. Or actually, believe it or not, already at an hour. Uh, so going to take up too much of your time. I know it's super, super late there in the UK. <laughs> uh, so I, I do appreciate you uh, joining me today. Uh, really, I'm going to put a slide up that's going to have your book up on the screen. Yep. And when uh, that, if you could just tell people a little bit about the book and then tell people how to actually get in contact.
1: Perfect. Yeah, so the, the book itself, as we've talked about, is, is listening to 25 to 30 chapters that are all aligned to help you to become your best self. So whether it's showing gratitude, whether it's setting goals, motivating yourself, understanding your own psychology, how to communicate better how to have a positive mentality, the basics of self improvement. So, all of those sorts of things and more the important physicality as well, because obviously, strong physically, strong mentally. But it's all of those things in, in, in one easy to read self help manual. So, you can get that on Amazon, whether it your, you're in the UK or the States or anywhere else in the world for that matter, that can be ordered on Amazon. In terms of the coaching side, it's Vanquish Transformational Coaching. So I'm sure that there will be links attached to this video. So please just get in touch. The job is to help you to become your best self. So we need to understand the reasons why you're maybe not in the best position currently and what we can do moving forward. So different to sort of where we look at the past, coaching is about looking towards the future. And together, obviously, we help build that plan for you. That's probably the best two, two ways to obviously get in touch with me or to purchase the, uh... there is another book coming out towards the end of the year, as we've said, and that's going to be a question a day, not come up with the title of the book yet, but it's something along those lines where every day is the question and you can jot down your answer. So where do we want to be in five years time? Great. There's some, there's an area there for you to jot down your answer. There's some guidance and then a further area to add even more detail. And there's going to be obviously 365 plus of those that you'll be able to sit down once a day, go through that and really look at where your life is going. To what sets do I have that could earn me, that I could monetize. Again, that might be a question. So there's, there's, there's tons of stuff there that, that you can work on. And the good, the good thing about that book is that everyone's copy is going to be different. Your copy and Mrs. Mr. Mrs. Mrs. Joe's copy is going to be very, very different because obviously they have their own answers to those questions and are developing their own life plan. So yeah, watch out for that one. Uh, You'll be here later on in the year.
0: Awesome. Well, again, uh, Jeevan, appreciate you coming and and joining us and really giving a whole lot of insight. I know people really got a a lot of value out of this today. Uh, I want to remind everyone that None of us are born unshakable, but everyone has the ability to become unshakable. See y'all back next Tuesday.